Ah, what a great week. Are you enjoying the podcast? Friends, if you are, make sure that you check out our usu.edu forward slash parents website. There you can sign up for our Aggie Parent and Family Network. Make sure you're up to date on all of our items that we have there, our parent orientation, our parent and family handbook, and all things USU Aggie Parents. I want to thank you for listening today and make sure that if you have any questions, you reach out to me. We want to make sure that both you and your student thrive at USU. Thanks and go Aggies. Just a heads up, folks. This episode talks directly about suicide. This is the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast. I'm Isaiah Jones. And today we're talking about a difficult topic, suicide. NPR notes that in 2018, more than 40,000 people died by suicide in the United States. And a recent report by the CDC suggests that about 11% of adults are having suicidal thoughts during this COVID-19 pandemic, with the highest numbers being among 18 to 24-year-olds. But there's good news here, folks. Research shows that it is preventable. And that is why I've asked Dr. Ari Bentley and Morgan Walton to come on the show today. Dr. Ari Bentley is a licensed psychologist and a certified group psychotherapist here at USU, and she's the liaison between several of our offices including the Latinx Center, Office of Equity, Resident Life, Student Involvement, Leadership, and even Greek Life. Morgan Walton is a Student Affairs Case Manager and manages our USU Care Center. She has worked extensively with our Aggies Think Care Act Committee and USU Student Affairs. Welcome to the show. What is suicide? Well, I can give you a kind of a textbook definition, which would be... That's Dr. Bentley. Before I dove in too far, I wanted to know what exactly suicide is, how it's defined, and its impact on our public life. It would be death by self-inflicted means. But I think a bigger definition, bigger kind of question of what is suicide is probably more important. And one first thing I want to highlight is that it's not just personal issue. I think suicide is public health issue that we as a society, we all need to be thinking about and looking at. And it is a complex health issue in that there is a personal piece where it is history of mental illness, and oftentimes that underlies suicidality, but there are also relationship aspects to it and, you know, community or societal factor when it comes to our suicide as a public health issue, as in, you know, like access to guns, that is the societal aspect of the suicide risk. And with that though, because suicide is complex, that also means I think there is a lot of uh, ways that we can be addressing prevention for suicide as well. And that's why I'm glad, uh, Isaiah, you're having us here today, that we can talk about different ways that us as individuals, as parents, as individuals too, can be helping to prevent this suicide crisis. Prevention. That is the key. The research shows that suicide is preventable. And this episode on our Parent and Family podcast will help you recognize and reach out to someone at risk of suicide. Let's start with this. How can you tell if a loved one might be feeling suicidal? Aria Morgan say that there are several warning signs to be on the lookout for. I think as parents, you are, even though your, your child has moved away from home, possibly, and you're not able to see them regularly to see the changes in their disposition or their demeanor 
hopefully you still have good communication with them. And so you may be noticing that they are, they're talking more about their stress or their feelings of overwhelm. Maybe they're struggling in school in a way that they haven't before. They're not turning in their assignments or they're missing classes a lot. I do want to emphasize that a lot of the indicators of someone who is struggling with their mental health, we need to look at those put together, right? As, if a student is struggling with school, that may not mean that they're struggling with their mental health, but we're looking for a pattern, a change in behaviors. If you are seeing your child and you're noticing that they are, there's been a decline in their hygiene, or for some students, they are struggling with their eating, so they've gained a lot of weight or they've lost a lot of weight. Again, seeing some of these things in combination might indicate that there's something bigger going on for them, more than just the transition to college. I think that's a really good point about looking at a big picture and the context, because I agree with you, Morgan, like any of these warning signs by itself, you know, may not mean a whole lot. When we talk about social isolation, you know, Mm -hmm. that can be a concerning, but uh, maybe they're sick. Uh, There could be a number of things, but changes in a pattern, the big picture kind of concerns, I think is really important. And I think there's no need to wait until things feel too serious, mm-hmm. that there are definitely, you know, more immediate warning signs of a suicide, like people talking about wanting to die, people talking about feeling really hopeless or feeling stuck. There is no, I don't see any point in living that sort of talking, or you won't care if I'm here anymore. I'm a burden to you. Those kind of conversations or people looking more specifically into ways of uh, ending their life, like doing internet search, different ways to overdose. So looking for ways to purchase firearm, you know, those things and putting their affairs in order or giving away some prized position, there are those more, I think, immediate, imminent signs. And definitely when that happens, you know, we want to take action. But even like smaller signs or little red flags that go up like, oh, my kid who's been calling me every day hasn't called me for a few days, that sort of red flag. You know, I think it would be great to check in at that point and intervene sooner than later. I think that'll make a big difference. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of these things in isolation, such as moodiness, anger, change in behavior, deprivation and sleep might seem a little bit common, but it's the whole that we want to take a look at. One thing that a lot of us struggle with today is trying to figure out how do we communicate this with our student, with our friends, and with our loved one. Arian Morgan had some, some things to say about that. I would certainly recommend being direct with your child and asking them how they're doing, how they are feeling. Sometimes people worry that if they bring up suicide, that that is somehow going to put the idea into somebody's head. And that just isn't the case. So if you are concerned that your child is thinking about suicide, asking them directly if they're having those thoughts, if they have access to lethal means, meaning things that they could use to harm themselves, such as firearms or prescription drugs, even over-the-counter medication. 
I think that sometimes college students are, they're on the precipice of adulthood and they're trying to manage a lot on their own and they're trying to be independent. And so there is naturally this period where they're distancing themselves from, from their parents, especially. And some of the students I work with are fearful that if they are honest with their parents, that their parents are going to overreact in some way and are going to make assumptions about the student that they don't want their parents to think. And they're also worried that their parents are going to assume a lot of guilt. And and most students don't want to add to their parent plate. And so I think talking to them in an honest way about how they are feeling and what that means in terms of seeking help, whether it's from you or from other people, is really important. Now, if you're like me, you most likely your first instinct when you see that someone is struggling is to want to give them advice. But Ari reminds us that the best thing you could do in a moment like this is to listen, simply listen of what the person is trying to say. Yeah, I agree with everything uh, Morgan you're saying. It is really important to be direct and not be afraid to ask that question. I mean, most of us probably feel uncomfortable asking that question, but it is an important question to ask. And it's a courageous question to ask too. And it's a sign of, you know, care and concern. I think most people find it easier to start with sentence like, I'm worried about you because I'm noticing that you haven't been yourself lately or whatever that might be that you're noticing. And then kind of make, you can even ease in. You don't have to like dive right into, are you thinking about, you know, ending your life? But start with, you know, what's going on? How are you doing? And then kind of start asking those more direct the questions, I think is perfectly fine. And as parents, and I think there is, um, or even like as family members, we often feel the urge to take care of the loved ones or make things better. And that might pull us to advice giving or fixing it for them. So it's really important to hold that urge, hold back that urge and focus on listening to them, creating space for them and not interrupting once they start kind of sharing what's going on and what they're feeling and their suicide thoughts. And then really focusing on validating and supporting. And your goal would be, I think, connecting them to the right resources and professional. Even though your parents, you don't have to be the one to fix this. I mean, when your child is sick, you, you know, if they're very sick, you take them to a doctor's office. If they are psychologically really struggling, if you're having, if they're having suicide thoughts, we do have resources here on campus for students on and off campus. So we definitely want parents to know that we're here to help them get connected to services, that they don't have to feel like they have to do this all, all on their own. But what do we do if the student says no, they're not having any struggles? And what do we do if they say yes? A lot of times in these scenario type questions, we typically think of them saying, one of the other, yes or no. Sometimes it's best to kind of play out those scenarios. And so what I wanted to do is reach out to Ari to hear what she would say in both events. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, if they say no, I think there, there is, I think you still want to keep in mind that there was a cause for you to be concerned, right? So they might still need some kind of support or resources, asking them about, you know, what kind of help or support they're needing. 
could be helpful. I think following up later is definitely a helpful thing to do, regardless of their you know, answer to um, suicide. If they say yes, I think you're right. There is like a range of risks. I also don't feel like parents have to be the one to make that assessment necessarily, right? But I think if there is, the times that risk might be high enough that you want to do something right away would be, you know, if they're really talking about wanting to die, wanting to kill themselves, if they have access, if they have plans, if they have access to those lethal means, if they've been drinking or using substance, because that could impact one's decision making. Those times, I think you want to make sure that they have somebody they can talk to right then, or they have somebody there with them until they can connect with professional services like us, counseling services. I would say it's good for parents to be aware that USU has a police force and they are caring people who are really working hard to do community-based policing. And so parents are able to call USU police at 435-797-1939 if they need to have a welfare check done for their child. I guess I should specify if your child lives off campus, then the police agency would likely be Logan City Police that would conduct a welfare check. But what other resources are available? We've heard several resources throughout the podcast, and I wanted to ask Ari and Morgan what those resources are and where parents can find them. And we wanted to make sure that we put those in the show notes, but also reminded parents that they could always reach out to us both at our usu.edu forward slash parents website and also remember to take a look at your usu parent handbook where all of these resources are there along all usu.edu websites and you can also call national suicide crisis hotline those numbers are safe ut app to connect to the crisis worker it doesn't always have to be the person struggling calling that number you can call while you're talking with your child or have your child right there and then help them get connected and the, those professionals then can help make that assessment of what needs to happen next. And even if the risk doesn't feel that imminent, uh, it's really helpful if you wanna help your child get connected to resources like CAP or community providers to offer some mental health support. And parents can do that. I mean, if your child is over 18, they will have to make an appointment themselves, but you can still make a phone call together with your child, or at least to give us a call uh, at the counseling center and let us know that your child might be calling us so that we can keep an eye out for, for the time that uh, the student calls and try to make an appointment. Yeah, I think it's great if you are able to call CAPS with your child. And if you're not able to do that, or if you're unsure if your child will follow through on calling on their own, and you'd like them to have some support through that process, you can also refer them as a student of concern 
We have a reporting form that can be found online through the portal at my.usu.edu, and you can report whatever information you have that you feel comfortable sharing with my team, and we will review that and reach out to your student to either provide them with resources or to help them get connected directly. Here are three takeaways from today's great conversation I had with Aria Morgan. First, remember to look out for warning signs that your student, your loved one, or your family or friend is struggling with suicide. The second thing is make sure you listen. And remember, as a sort of subpoint, you don't have to do it all alone. There's lots of resources out there. We'll put them in the show notes. Remember also, you can reach out at usu.edu forward slash SOTS. And remember to have them check their student portal for all the resources there. And third, remember Remember, if you have any questions, there are a lot of resources here at USU and beyond. Make sure you check out our Utah Safe app that's available to students, but also remember to check out those show notes where we have so many helpful resources here at Utah State University. And if you like what you've heard here, make sure you check out our Aggie New Student Podcast and our Aggie Parent and Family Podcast. Go check out the usu.edu forward slash parents website. Remember, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to book an appointment via Zoom or phone. Shoot me an email. Give me a call. We're here to help. Thanks for listening.